I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Mark Haynes. And I'm Julia Rayside. And over the next four months, we'll be taking you through the highs and lows of Strictly Come Dancing. All the winners. The losers. The huge name stars and the other ones. The inevitable relationship traumas. The gags. The pitiful gags. The awful, awful gags. It's the curse of Strictly. Keep listening, subscribing, telling your friends and dancing. Paul It's absolutely awful. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. John Holmes, it's the The One Show show, the podcast that persuades TV's The One Show to poke its guests, films and presenters through our podcast glory hole, and then instead of doing what it thinks we'll do, we just flick the end of it with a rolled up towel. This is part two of this week's edition, so as ever, if you'd like to go back and listen to part one first, in order for any back references to work properly, then you should go ahead and do that now, or not. It's up to you, of course. This is part two, though, and joining me to go through the week's one show like a couple of particularly picky vultures, Cornelius Mendez and Alistair Beckett-King. We already mentioned Paddy's gag at the top about climate protesters. Oh, so annoying. They were so annoying, that but at crowd. least, because I, I, we didn't see them, we just heard them first. Mm. And ordinarily, the, the one show audience aren't that vocal. I mean, they'll clap and cheer on cue, but they're not like this lot. Yes, there's a little bit of sort of terror in the presenter's eyes as... We, uh, something we couldn't see so yeah. a classic horror moment yeah. you know we're seeing the reaction but we don't yet know what it is yeah. and then when we do see it it's more terrifying <laughs> than we could have imagined are, are there words to describe what that was? and Michelle Ackerley What do we call them? Um, I think it's tr- Club Tropicana, but the doors have been locked for a long, <laughs> long time. There's no drinks. <laughs> the free drinks ran out yeah, of the the party hasn't finished. <laughs> but these, yeah, these Wham fans who um, did Wham fans have a like a 
like a like Be- Bieber. What are they called? Bieber Bieberettes. The Liebers. That'll do. Yeah. Wamafiles. Uh, probably. <laughs> but, the, but these women who are now in their what fifties, I suppose, uh, who liked Wham when Wham were a thing in 1982. They're more all, ham than Wham now. All, some of them were very ham. Yeah. That's to be said. Some of them barely fit into their choose light t-shirts anymore. Yeah. Let's just politely put it that way. But they were all bedecked with club Tropicana style sunglasses and garlands and hats. It was all a bit odd. All because we should say Andrew Ridgely was in the studio. Because well, I, 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 I must admit, I don't, I, I don't know much about Wham. Um, and there's a bit where they sort of part like the, the sea yeah. to reveal. Um, uh, now I, I didn't, didn't <laughs> recognise him because I didn't know. I don't know anything about Wham. But yeah. have you ever seen that in that, that clip um, when Guy Goma was interviewed on BBC News and <laughs> he wasn't supposed to be? It's like Andrew Ridgely found out he isn't Andrew Ridgely. He's a man, like a, an ornithologist, <laughs> who's found out two minutes before that he has to pretend to have been in Wham. Because <laughs> every answer he gives reiterates the information in the question. It's like, so you were in Wham with, uh, with George Michael. What was that like? And I said, well, it, we, I, um, being in Wham with George, George Michael, well, I was there, and, um, and so was George. <laughs> That's the whole answer You're to right. every question. Uh, yeah, there was certainly, the, obviously, the, the Choose Life T-shirts mm. and that, that, that low logo that really expressed <clears throat> what wham was all about um but you know I, it's been a long time i'm used to hearing the the tracks uh it, it's it's great that they're still played it's uh, it's heartening that there's still such a uh, a massive affection for for wham no charisma at all i nothing. mean zero nothing to give did he and every answer was was exactly that and it shut down there's no chat and and there was a really awkward moment right at the beginning so they had the Wham fans, and then they said that Ridgely was now, uh, I think the phrase was sartorially elegant. He was wearing sort mm-hmm. of a checked suit and a, and, a, oh, yeah. and a polo neck, and he looked quite, you know, he looked quite It's not difficult elegant. when everyone else in the studio is dressed <laughs> like a Hindu from a charity shop. That's <laughs> <laughs> a, a fair point. And then he talked about, um, they, so they talked about the clothes he used to wear in Wham, and they used to share clothes, him and George Michael. <laughs> and then he said something about, but I never, he had a little non-anecdote about a, a string vest that he didn't ever borrow, and something to do with Boyle washing it. And then, I think everyone was expecting him to carry on with this story, <laughs> but he just stopped dead. Then there was an awkward silence, and then Patrick Hilty had to kind of rescue is it. Is it true that you and George used to swap clothes? Well, we had no choice. Um, we'd, uh, we had so little money and so few clothes that uh, one week I'd have to wear... Uh, something and then the next week he'd be wearing it. When it came to uh, me having to wear the the string vest, that would have a good boil wash first. <laughs> but it was when we yeah the whole story is yeah we did share clothes, but in between that we would wash them, which is what yeah. you would do yeah. if you were borrowing your clothes. That was more that was it's more just or less factual it. laundry information. But he was um, <laughs> he was I just he, he was in for the whole show as well. But he was one of those guests that wasn't really giving much away. He was saved by the fact that actually the Wham story is sort of interesting. Mm. You know, he was saved by the story itself. He didn't really have to tell it. He had a good few answers after the video, which I feel like would be the questions he would have been prepped on. Yeah, that's like, true. Yeah. Oh, which, this is the this. clip of... This was Carrie's film Yeah, uh, yeah. of basically the story of Wham. Yeah. Well, I mean, a significant portion of it was dedicated to uh, the stage in a scout hut. It was in November 1979 at this local scout hut that Andrew and George first performed to an audience in their previous band, The Executive. 
and Tracy Wills recently ensured that the stage they first performed on was saved for posterity. Why was it important that you preserve this stage? Because it's the history behind Wham and the formation, the how George and Andrew came together as a band. So what had happened to this stage? It had fallen into disrepair. So I decided to set up a fundraising disco at the school of George and Andrew. Over 200 people came and raised £3,000. Because <laughs> I, I, I did like film and TV production at university and so... I'm used to getting sort of GVs, which are gen general views, like the, sh the shots you need to shoot to be cutaways during the interview. Yeah. And just the work that whoever was behind the camera there did to try and do shallow focus shots of what is essentially a flat plane <laughs> of a wooden stage, which is having been saved, in inverted commas, at the cost of £3,000 is yeah. in not particularly great, Nick. It's, no, just, it's just a bit of wood. You're yeah. just looking at a sort of a three foot by six foot piece of wood. Yeah. In nine different angles. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to really admire the one show crew for this. I bet the one <clears throat> show was the only people to ever visit that stage as well. Yeah. So that free grand is almost redundant <laughs> straight away, really. I liked the. They showed a photograph of the, the original band that was um, that before Wham. So there were four of them. The executive. Thank you. That's right. But they didn't. Act with the question I wanted the answer to was what happened to the other two guys? But that wasn't even mentioned. So there's a no. photograph of, of George and Andrew and these other two kids. Because they're only like 18, 19, I think, at the time. They fell through the stage. <laughs> and been they're still down there. They've been sealed in. in. <laughs> yeah. Tragic. But then the film about... They went into a sort of Vox Pop area outside in a shopping centre <laughs> uh, and tried to ask people about you know their memories of Wham! and stuff. And then I think the director was probably going... Um, so go on, go on, ask them, ask them. And they asked some people who were sort of, yeah, I remember, wow, I quite like them, sort of bloke. But then they hit pay dirt because they found a couple of gay guys. Dressed up in little short shorts and dancing to um, what, before you go, go. So it's fun. Mm. Uh, who were a great big fan of the short shorts they used to wear. Uh, and I, you, I could almost hear the director in the background going, yes, we've got the gay guys. This is gold. This is going to be TV excellence. <laughs> and then 1986, they said. 1986, uh, the boys decided to call it a day. This is when Wham split up, right? The sad day. Um, and I thought, yeah, the boy, you, George. Yeah. <laughs> George decided he wanted double the money. That's right. Yeah, this decision got, had to be nothing to do with Ridgely uh, at all. And it was all interesting because Wham was always really George Michael. He was the songwriter, right? And all, and even, they even proved that by showing a clip of, um, was it Wake Me Up Before You Go Go? Where Andrew Ridgely's like playing a guitar. There isn't even a guitar on that track. <laughs> as as anyway, Ridgely's on to promote his book, which is called. Wham, George and me, mm -hmm. I think. Um, Even he can't remember the other name <laughs> of the guy. He's still a very good-looking man. They are right. Oh, he's, yeah. he's very striking. Yeah. But his manner is, is not the manner of a former pop star. No. Like his language. He referred to the press as the fifth estate. And he's like, you're on the one show. Why, why are you talking like that? Yeah. It's confusing Patrick Kilty. <laughs> Can I say to you the phrase, crikey, it's the Irwins? Oh. <laughs> Everyone's favourite crocodile family, Crikey, it's the Irwins! <laughs> no one's thinking that. I'd only be. They're doing so much press at the moment. I'd only be saying, Crikey, it's the Irwins if Steve was there. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, do you want to explain this? So, this was Steve Irwin's family, right? Mm, basically, the remaining Irwins, yeah. uh, since uh, he got killed by that stingray, yeah. uh, have carried on his message, yeah. uh, which is literally just him saying, Crikey. Yeah. That's, that's all I remember. <laughs> 
though. They're like, oh, we're just keeping that going. Uh, <laughs> they've got a uh, series two, which is a uh, or series three. But it's much different to series one of Crikey, it's the Irwins. Yeah. So you know, as if we all watched it. I, <laughs> I mean, right. Even when they said the channel it was on, I'd never heard of the channel. Was it Animal Planet? Yes. Yeah, I thought that was a channel in America. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, who knows where Animal Planet is? But I like. I mean, I quite fancied B- Bindi. Is that her name, the, the Steve Irwin's daughter? Mm. She was quite nice. They were all sort of beautiful. Uh, I mean, it's. I find it. What, what, I suppose they're the world's leading animal pokers. So they fair are. play to them for that. Yeah. But the, I didn't know that the, that they were doing it as well as Steve. It's like for me, it was like, you know, like if 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 the cat bin lady. Died now while putting another cat in a bin, and then we found out her whole family did that, and they had a TV show. And and but now in retrospect, we actually think it's great. Yeah. What was odd as well? They were talking because they showed a clip from this, didn't they? Where the son was following in Steve's footsteps by jumping on a giant crocodile. There is no context to that clip. There's no explanation <laughs> yeah. of what they're trying to achieve no, in with, advance of with that With the Australian just... rugby team as well. <clears throat> yeah. The Australian rugby team at the Rugby <laughs> World <laughs> Cup. <laughs> yeah. Check this out. Yeah. Every, everyone come in, everyone come in. Let's. Okay, I'm, whenever you are ready, Robert, I'm happy. All right, jump team ready? Yeah. yeah. Go! Get that tail straight. I need more help. <laughs> We're good, we're good guys, we're good. Genuinely looked like they're just piling onto a crocodile to hurt it. And, <laughs> yeah. then, and then at the yeah, the exact point where you would expect to, now that we've you know subdued it, we can no, back to the studio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. all you got was a bloke going, no, its tail's gotta be straight. Straighten its tail. <laughs> that was all you got, and it's these all these and a hefty blokes on the crocodile. GoPro shot of its whipping tail as it's grabbed yeah. by it. Oh, I've never sympathized. And then, then more. Sun, sunny boy starts going, Well, no, the thing is about it, you didn't we don't hurt him, it's not even stressed. And you think, it was making a noise like Predator. It was fucking stressed, that crocodile. It was awful. But they're making yeah. jokes about dying. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 Despite the teeth were spiking on Underneath a picture of Steve that they got back. There's no stress at all on the croc. Exciting. And I survived, so there you go. Oh, it's Ozzy. You have to tune yeah, in. Yeah, tune in <laughs> to see if I actually oh, We're not going to give that away. Gratuitous plug. Yeah. Oh, there you go, yeah. We don't know if you live. It's really weird. Maybe the Irwins, they're not a family. It's more real reality show um, it's just the, it's a sort of last man standing sort of thing but they'd moved over to the other area of the one show studio that they only use for tragedy for this so they've got the bit mm. they're in the windows aren't behind them anymore it's a little uh, last last week they were in there to talk to the mother of a three-year-old girl with a brain tumor who was fine it was non-malignant the little girl was there she was she was called boo and, and was very cute but it was in the tragedy area yeah. so this was also in the tragedy area but it was it ended on the story of his daughter getting engaged or something it was a very yeah I find that really weird because I used to watch Steve Irwin's show yeah. uh, and in that like I remember Bindi being born yeah and now she's engaged and I'm like I swear she should be about 15 now and yeah, I was they, like, they do things differently really, in Australia really, it's, it's just got a child bride <laughs> on the show but uh, she's 21 so we're alright no. and, I, and I thought oh the guy he's getting she's getting engaged to looks yeah. a bit old looks yeah. up, but he's was only he, 22 was he his care, oh, was right. his care, lead, care leaver was he his <laughs> mentor he's in his 50s there you are down on one knee there you go <laughs> so lovely to, picture yeah so I have to say I did recruit Robert and Terry's help with yes. this whole process I, I wasn't quite sure about it so maybe you can confirm whether I understood this correctly because they're talking about um, it's getting too hot for koalas to have sex was what I got mm. from it yes that's right and one of them has 
an injured hand, and so they have to help them out. Are they wanking koalas? Is what I'm asking. <laughs> Let's talk cute koalas then, yes, because you've Terry. been trying to matchmake some koalas as well, haven't you? Yes, love is in the air at Australia Zoo, oh. and there's a lot of love and babies on on this season. We have the most beautiful boy named Harley, but he lives with us because he came from the wild. He'd been hit by a car, Aww. and his poor arm is permanently injured. So he actually kind of needs assistance with the process. I see. Is that what they were saying in a, in a one-show way? They were. Or have I misunderstood? I did like that Steve Irwin's widow was skirting around the issue of fucking koalas <laughs> by just sort of going, and they're in the mood for love. Uh, you yeah, know what nice. I mean? And you go, yeah, we know what you mean. Yeah. I, th I think our wildcats experts is a prick. <laughs> <laughs> but then, then, as if that wasn't bad enough, then we had to watch a film about a dog. Oh, this was great. <laughs> who was trying to interrupt a couple of pensioners from fucking on a coach. They want to get the Irvins in there. From a couple in love to a couple who'd like to be more in love but can't. Yes, folks, picture the scene. The lights are low. Oh, yeah. The lady in your life is flashing those bedroom eyes. Oh, I remember that. And your favourite <laughs> smoochy tune is playing in the background. Smooth. Mm. And then this happens. <laughs> Not ideal. Yes, if the dog, uh, if your dog is ruining the mood for you and your loved one, fear not, because we have just the advice for you. Have a little look at this. No! Oscar's very possessive. Ow! He doesn't like it if I pay my partner attention. It's been quite a while since we've actually had a kiss, if you like. We just don't do it because Oscar is so jealous. Let go. The weirdest thing is that I think, I think they've completely misread the story because the dog keeps pulling her away by his hand. There's clearly a child <laughs> trapped down a well and the dog is trying to... And they just want to They're just so focused on sex that oh, they're missing it. God, it was so an odd... The introduction to it was just weird. And it sort of goes from these koalas that can't have sex without help to a jealous dog... In a person's, but I wonder how did the one show find out? Yeah, that's a weird email to send. <laughs> I wrote this down as well. It's a weird email, dear Matt Baker. <laughs> please, will you help me? Well, I try every time I try to hug my wife. Our big Labrador pulls, bites her hand, and pulls her into a different room. Can you help me? No, nah, I bet the original email was. Dear Matt Baker, every time me and my wife cuddle, the dog gets involved and I think I like it. <laughs> <laughs> but even if it's a friend's advice, if, you, you know, if you're talking to a friend saying, well, how are things in the relationship? A little bit difficult. What is it? Well, you know, it's basically we haven't had sex for ages because of, of this dog. <laughs> the friend goes, well, you, you know what you want to do there? Contact the one show. <laughs> <laughs> It was so odd. Just this couple, and every time this, because you don't want to watch a pensionable couple trying to hug themselves with each other in a kitchen, get, you know, on the national television while a dog tries to get in between them. <laughs> and it's a big old male dog as well. Mm, and there was lab. one like, then, so they sent a dog whispering woman round to their house to train the dog. Who to, made the couple hug way too much. She kept saying to them, have another hug. <laughs> I'll hold the dog. <laughs> Damn good. Good boy. Good. Duck, 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 duck. Not too much. Now hug. The dog's watching. Go on. It won't touch you this time. Hug now. And there were this. They, oh, it was odd. And then the, the the phrase that will haunt me forever 
was when she said, Having made progress with Oscar's mouthing, it's time to resolve his need to get in the middle of Paula and Ken. <laughs> <laughs> was Oscar the old man or the dog? <laughs> that wasn't clear. But no, what a, str- what a strange film. And that she did. She trained this dog by giving it a toy instead of the lady's hand. So, they, so then we had to watch a couple of pensioners kissing on a sofa while a dog stared at them. Mm. It was, I, I don't want that. But the delightful thing about it for me was they then return to the studio and they say, oh, but then they went on holiday and uh, it went back to how it was before. Anyway. A bit of a setback recently. Right back to the start. And went on holiday. But they're back now. <laughs> Things are starting to improve. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> which, you, which you needn't have told us because we, w- no, we wouldn't have checked. Yeah, no, yeah. But I feel their, 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 their commitment to honesty and going, yep, but all of that, yeah, didn't count. It didn't work at all. Didn't work. They should do that for every video. <laughs> they should go. So there was a video, and yeah, the wildcat guy, yeah, he's in prison. Uh, <laughs> and those care leavers, <laughs> non-swing. <laughs> the old man in it, did you notice this? He didn't really speak at all. No, he did not he want did, to be in that video. He did not want the cameras in his house. He was livid at the dog for interrupting his fuck time. Mm. Right? Uh, but, but he did not want the one show there. And while that woman, the dog whisperer, was explaining what was going on, he just looked angry, didn't mm. he? Just an angry man. I think it's unreasonable of us to make fun of him for not wanting the one show to f- fix that problem for him. <laughs> <laughs> I think... I think, if anything, he was in a completely defensible position there. Could it be any more one show, though? Because they've, they've obviously made that film, they've watched that film, they've edited that film, they've talked about that film, and that's led them to come up with a new feature that uh, I think Patrick oh, yeah. said was going to be happening at some point in the future called... Help, my dog is out of control. I'm looking forward to that one. Coming uh... to a show near you. <laughs> so get in touch if your dog is out of control. I feel like they're just waiting for another pit bull to maul the baby yeah. so they can get in touch. <laughs> Oh, we were trying to have sex and our pit bull was, was mauling our baby. So we were trying to have sex to get a new one and it mauled it again. Our dog is forcing us to have sex. Please help the one show. <laughs> and I did like uh, uh, Michelle's little way of segueing back to Andrew Ridgely off the back of this as well. Did you? Uh, I've, I've forgotten that. It's a little bit of wham. So smooth. Requires a little bit of wham knowledge. She said, we're not going to leave you hanging on like a yo-yo. Oh, yeah. Oh, any longer. And that got a ripple of laughter from the old... Uh, from the Whamets. And they got to ask questions where they revealed a, a frighteningly specific knowledge of his life and habits. Yeah. Right, so I think she's, she mentions specifically that he lives in Cornwall. She doesn't say the street, but she knows the street. <laughs> <laughs> but also, you've got here a guest, as we've established already, that doesn't like answering questions mm. and, and has no chat and will shut them down fairly uh, quickly. And complained about press intrusion at, at a variety of irrelevant points throughout That's the interview. exactly right. And so what do they do? Have a super van question and answer session. <laughs> My favourite thing was the first the first person went, yes, hello, my question is to Andrew. Hi, my question is to Andrew. Um, is it, <laughs> we're like, oh, is it, is the next person's going to ask Michelle Ackley what Matt Allwright's like in real life. I know. Hello, I'm Jack Beaumont. I do Crime Club. In Series 1, I spoke to people like this. Did you not kick a policeman in the head? Yeah, that was, when was that? I was 17. Wait, was I 17 or 19? I think it might have been 19, actually. In series two, I talked to people like this. There was a paedophile with one leg. I kicked him clean out his wheelchair. About four of us, I mean, we battered him. And this. Cheated on your boyfriend to give him gonorrhea? Do you want to go there or would you rather not? Yeah, no, 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 I could talk about it. I have jingles like this. That's Crime Club, where strange people tell stories involving bad behaviour. New episodes out every Monday. Great big owl. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And then, but then she said, um, is it true that you, you, Wham, was asked to play Live 8? What, is it true that Wham were asked to play at Live 8? Yeah. So not Live Aid, which they did do, Live 8. And originally sort of went, Live 8. And then he just sort of went, no, no, no. Live 8? Yes. Um, I don't recall that, no. <laughs> that was the end of no. that. George Michael would have been asked. That's exactly what <laughs> I wrote as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> not one. George Michael. Yeah, exactly. Not you, Ridgely. No, put your guitar down. There's no guitar in these songs. <laughs> don't need it. Uh, and then, then, it, then it just sort of uh, fizzled out towards the end of that, didn't it? I mean, nothing really dramatic. Well, I'll tell you what. One thing he really liked, Ridgely really liked, was the question, do you think we should get... Um, Last Christmas back up to number one this year for Christmas number one. Yeah. And you could see the pound signs in his eyes. He's like, oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, let's go. What a tribute it would be to that prick who left me. Yeah. <laughs> you can finally get last Christmas number one. I certainly Question. hope so. Yeah, yeah, very much. I think that would be a fitting tribute to, to the song and uh, George's songwriting prowess and, and to, to the man himself. Certainly, and especially at Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and to Wham. Uh, I'm glad he's dead. Yeah, I'll get all the money. Yeah, we. By the way, I, I know. I don't think, and I might be wrong. I don't think Andrew Ridgely had a hand in the writing of any of these songs. I mean, I could be wrong officially, but of course, I think he is credited because that was the deal they had. So mm. I think you're right. He will see the cash from last Christmas. But I'm fairly sure he's in the band. So the even band. if you just sing it. You get the money, you, don't you? No, you have to have the writing and publishing. This is boring. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's, let's move on to Thursday, because it's Danny Dyer Day. Ah, oh, quality. Oh, I can't believe it. Oh, I, um, I really am a game show host. You are a game show host, and you are a, a, a fantastic game show host. I mean, we were looking at this earlier on you? today. It's epic. Epic. It's yeah. brilliant, Danny. Wow. Yeah, yeah you can't fit home, though. This, this ain't my game. It was quality, wasn't it? Best I, one of the week, really. Well, this is... I don't... All right, I don't know anything about Danny Dyer, either. 
and I've barely seen him in anything before. Yeah. And I don't know whether it was just that I'd become used to the show or whether it was significantly better, but I genuinely and unironically enjoyed this episode. Yeah, yeah. Dyer can lift the dullest of things, I think. He's so entertaining. Yeah. But he mentions at one point there's, oh, there's people over there making sure I don't say the wrong thing. And you think, yeah, there are. You, <laughs> yeah. You, I can feel that there is a minder, a sort of Arthur Daly minder situation where someone has to go along just to... He, he, he I thought it was the Cray twins he was mentioning. <laughs> but he doesn't he doesn't swear, amazingly, even though you can see he nearly swears about eleven times during yeah. the whole show. He's just like it's like dynamite. Anything his, could happen. His body language was weird, wasn't it? Because he was facing away from them the whole time. So the sofas are sort of arranged at right angles to each other almost. Um, and that's how they kind of do it. But he was just cross-legged facing the other way yeah. for the whole interview. And he's sort of yeah, he's slouching more and more and just sort of yeah. getting, becoming softer and more yielding. Yeah, but this was to promote his new game show. <laughs> the Wall. The Wall. The rules are simple. <laughs> Get a question right. Yes. The balls turn green. You're making money. That's how we roll. But one wrong move... Why are you doing this to me? ...turns them red. Welcome to the wall. Tipping point with lights. Yeah, that's it. Well, I, it looked like a cross between who wants to be a millionaire, that was the graphics they were using, mm. uh, and tipping point, and then it seemed there to be There was that Paddy McGuinness like... one where you had to catch the answers uh, was there? last year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. to, oh, it was great. You had to catch. So you guess the answer. There's multiple choice. Yeah. And then you stood underneath the question, you, the answer Fucking you thought hell. it was. What? And then... <laughs> Obviously, it would drop out the right answer. And if you got it wrong, you'd have to quickly run and try and catch it from the other one. So it's mm. testing knowledge and dexterity. Yes, that exactly. That's yeah. great. But this is this the wall, as far as... I, well, he tried to explain it and couldn't. It's, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's very hard to explain. <laughs> but it's really quite simple and brilliant. And I watched the clips they showed, and I don't know what was going on. No, it wasn't no clear idea. at all. But, the, but there's, a, there's a huge amount of confusion for me around how much Danny Dyer understands about what's going on because at one point he says now nah, it's strange seeing yourself on TV it's like an out of body experience it's like does he under, does he know that he's an actor and television personality <laughs> or is he is he just baffled each time who's that on the wall <laughs> but I'm here it's like it's really confusing isn't it he's gonna die when he sees himself in the reflection of a lake and jumps in and tries to attack it <laughs> I'm drowning I can't work out with Danny Dyer whether it's genuine or not it doesn't really matter it's very funny so but, I think yeah. it's prob- he probably knows what he's doing he knows but, what he's doing doesn't but, he but then there's, there's just little subtle asides like when he's talking about his character in EastEnders which I don't watch he's saying that his character has kept his depression from his friend Mitch and so he's saying uh, he's, kept his, he's, he's kept it from Mitch for some reason, no insight whatsoever <laughs> into the motivation of the character that he portrays for the nation in EastEnders. He has no idea why his character does any of that. Speaking of sort of awkward scripted bits when no one knows what's going on, to get into the first film here, which was a film about whether or not it's acceptable to start getting oh festive Oh my yet. God. They didn't even name that contributor. Didn't they? I, I, I think I, it was I, actually Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> He's not very busy around this time of year. A reporter in a shopping centre dressed as Father Christmas, like now, 
uh, just going up to people saying, is it appropriate to feel festive yet? Can I talk to you about something you can probably guess what? Christmas? Oh, there we go. Got it in one. When's it acceptable to start getting festive? Oh, come on, not now. <laughs> and what a waste of everybody's time. And all the answers were rubbish. What they did is they clearly just edited everyone out who said, fuck off. <laughs> and just left what was left. Yeah. I like the sort of Eastland and Cabby who said, I am the original Grinch, was his, an, yeah. first, was his opening gambit of an answer. <laughs> I am the original Grinch. I am the original Grinch. You're the original I, Grinch. Oh, I, you hate Christmas. I despair of it. Christmas Eve. Any time now, I'm expecting it round about Easter time. There's a terrible scripted bit into the front of this, though, where uh, Patrick had to say something about 76 sleeps left till Christmas. Oh, mm. oh it was so cringeworthy. And then they just, there was just sort of a staged bit of argument about yeah, it. Yeah, Neither of them could make it sound natural. It was just really cringy. It's not too early to be talking about Christmas. It is too early it's to be not... talking about Christmas, Paddy. It's October. Oh, we've got Halloween. We've got bonfire night. Oh, Decorations go up in Christmas, 12 days to Christmas. It's not 76 sleeps till Christmas, is it? As you can see, we can't agree. Can you? <laughs> it's beginning to... I thought that was the worst bit of acting I was going to see on the one show. A bit of stage acting. <laughs> all week. Um, oh, no. But then we were treated <laughs> to Ed Sheeran and his film for Mental Health Awareness Day with Prince Harry. So I don't know why the one show showed this I presume to promote the day but it looked like they just nicked it off his Instagram they mm. did didn't they that's what they said oh, oh he posted this earlier so we'll just show this so I don't know whether it was real or not in terms of them you know officially endorsing it mm. um, but what we had was Ed Sheeran having his um, having his beard shaved for some reason that wasn't clear yeah there was no explanation of why and he also, was no, no hair actually fell off no. He wasn't actually having... Basically, he was just having someone jab him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> With a shaver. Happened. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. There was no blade on it. No, it was no. Just, that, was, that was odd. And then he, he went... He said, I'm going to go and see a, um, a, a friend or something. And then he rang a doorbell, and it, the doorbell was God Save the Queen. Mm-hmm. And then Prince Harry opened the door. I missed that it was God Save the Queen. That's quite good. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't I, quite I, good. That's, that's a nice touch. I, I only noticed it because I saw, saw a news article <laughs> about it <laughs> saying jokey video shows Prince Harry having God Save the Queen as it's. I was like, mm, two million pound refurb. I don't think it paid for that. Yeah, and I'm fairly sure that house they filmed in was not Prince Harry's. No, house. well, mm. she's not allowed cameras in. So yeah, so then then they had a little bit of chat about, uh, well, Harry was saying, oh, thanks for coming around, Ed Sheeran, for your help with World Mental Awareness Day. And Ed Sheeran then had to pretend that he got the wrong end of the stick because he thought it was about uh, having ginger hair. Someone with your skill set to be able to write lyrics and of a song to, to raise awareness, I think, would be amazing. Yeah, I'm, I mean, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. I just People just don't understand that it's live for people like us. Yeah, know? I mean, what? Which, well, you know, like with the jokes yeah. and the snide comments, and you know, I just feel like it's time that we stood up and said, you know, we're, we're not going to take this anymore. We are ginger, and we're going to fight. Raising awareness for people with ginger. Which I have to say, I think is an excellent joke. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> Alastair. Now, as the as, as, a, the, as token the token ginger, token at foremost ginger comedian of your generation. Thank you. Um, what uh, What did you make of this yeah, solidarity? It, well, I so I was annoyed because I was I hate Ed Sheeran and I um, <laughs> never heard any of his songs. Um, so it's not based on the music. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I hate Ed Sheeran, but I thought it was quite a good joke. Well, it, it was. I mean, it would have been good 
but Ed Sheeran ruined it by just his absolutely shit acting. This might be a miscommunication, but this this is about World Mental Health Day. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, no, I knew that, no, no, I definitely knew that, yeah, definitely knew that. So we're good? Yeah, all good. I thought Prince Harry's acting was pretty good here. Did you? There was one bit where um, they first sit down and he goes, right, I'm here to work on the thing. And you say, oh, great to have you on. And Ed goes, oh, it's a thing I'm really passionate about. And Prince Harry goes, oh, are you? And he's like, yeah, that's why he's there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit, I just sat you down at my table. Someone else's table, it's not his table. Yeah. Don't like cameras in the house. Uh, but, the, but then Harry, the, can, when the mock confusion arose about what Sheeran was there for, mental health or ginger hair... Uh, I thought Harry played it fairly well. Mm. Uh, or maybe I just think that because Ed Sheeran was so appalling at acting that, that it, it made Harry look good. I can't work that out. He was but, so bad at acting, it gave me anxiety. Yeah, 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 <laughs> me as well. Yeah, it was... I mean, we, he's got full... He can't act. He was in Game of Thrones, wasn't he, Sheeran? And he couldn't act in that either. So why they've given him an acting role in a jokey video, I don't know. It's kind of undermined the whole thing. But, you know, it's for a good cause, isn't it? And yeah. Harry, mm. oh, but you're right, though. The ha- Harry, Harry comes out... But that whole generation of royals are just extremely likable by comparison yeah. with the with what came before, and so yeah, so he just he, he, compared to Ed Sheeran, he's a ball of charisma. We were then into what I don't know whether this was the dullest film of the week. It was called Piling on the Praise. To praise or not to praise? That's the question. All parents want to give their children a great start in life, but it's not always easy. As a parent myself, I know it's sometimes hard to know the best way to encourage good behaviour. Did you watch this? No, I, 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 that's my point exactly. I had to get off the tube, but... <laughs> <laughs> piling, uh, piling on the praise was where parents, three or four parents in a playground, were taking part in an experiment to say, if you've got naughty, errant children that aren't doing as they're told, toddlers really, uh, then if you don't tell them off and he said praise them for things that they do do right during the day, their behaviour actually gets better over a period of time. That's all I can tell you because I absolutely zoned out of it. It would seem staggeringly dull and I only really looked back up um, when, it, when it had finished and Danny Dyer was talking about hitting your kids. <laughs> <laughs> What word did he use? He used a word for hitting that wasn't... Clump. Clump. I've never heard that for hitting. Yeah, That's you, wonderful. Uh, yeah you want to clump your kids. And then he, then he sort of went, no, you don't. No, you don't. I'm uh, just joking. You don't want to clump your kids. Don't clump your kids. Praise is important for kids. Self-esteem. All you really need to show your kids is that they're loved, really. As human beings, we just want to be loved. And it works the other way around, though, doesn't it? And the odd clump. Other than that, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Never, never clump your kids. Catches the eye of, of the cray twin. But what I liked on the way in, you, you, Patrick Keelty may be a, you know, a celebrity now and he lives in Hollywood and stuff, but he's still from Northern Ireland because at the start of it he says, uh, he, he introduces the, the how much you should you praise your kids thing by saying, and now the age-old question of parenting, to praise or not to praise? No, no. The option wasn't never praising your children. That wasn't, that's not the debate that's happening. And then, right, we did learn something here. Again, I like to learn off the one show. It's rare, but it does happen. They were talking about The Wall, Danny Dyer's game show, and then it transpired by accident that it's filmed in Poland. That was lovely. What? So they threw this in. So they said, oh, so you've, you know, you've, oh, well, no, they brought Angela Rippon into the studio because Angela Rippon is the voice of The Wall in The Wall. Uh, so, so, Danny, you're hosting, and, uh, of course, we all recognise the voice of The Wall. It is, of course, Angela Rippon! <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
Mm. Mm. Wow. Mm. So good to oh, see you. And they'd never met, but they were very flirty, Dyer and Ripon. Mm. No, if you haven't seen it, I don't think you're imagining how flirty it was. It was genuinely uncomfortable. Yeah. It, it was like um, it was like Sonata in a lift. <laughs> <laughs> and it, but they were getting closer and closer, weren't they? Yeah, it was, it was genuinely magical television. Yeah, and and but it transpires they'd not met because she recorded her stuff in a studio in London, and and they said, oh, and of course you recorded the series in Poland, and then they just sort of moved on a bit. You go, sorry, what, what, why, what? The audience. We're Polish, is that right? Yeah, that was hard work. I didn't have a clue I was. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to tell jokes because they're all Polish and don't understand. Yeah, that's not English. And, and they said, well, uh, you know, Patrick said, well, they, well, they were kind of laughing there because it's a tough audience. And he said, he said, well, yeah, the thing is with the Polish audiences, right, uh, yeah, yeah, they get paid. <laughs> they pay them. They pay them to come and watch TV shows. It's like they pay them. They bring their sandwiches. They bring their sandwiches. They know where their tea breaks are. They just they sit there and they watch it. But they're being paid. Not like Britain. They just bust them in in Britain. But there, they all come and pay. They paid all this. Didn't understand a word I was saying. But they do all speak English, don't they? Uh, Most of them. Well, I think that they get paid to be audience members. Out there. You know, like here, right people just turn up. They want to be there. You know what yeah. I mean? They're up for it. You know, this little mob had their packed lunches. And they, they, they knew when they, was the, when they was meant to eat, they knew their times and all that. So it was hard work, it was, a, it, was a t- it was a tough crowd, I'm not going to lie. But it's not about them. <laughs> so what, what is this? So you, you filmed a new, IT, a new BBC One flagship shiny floor Saturday night show in Poland, presumably to save money, mm. but you've paid an audience to come sit there. And he was going, yeah, they just didn't find it entertaining at all. They were just like... And going, so a paid audience who are paid to find it entertaining didn't find it entertaining. And you're expecting this to attract a Saturday night audience on BBC One and you've just said, even people who are being paid don't find it entertaining. Well, even Danny Dyer, when they asked him earlier in the show about whether he enjoyed it, he went... Yeah, it's different. Yeah. I, mean, uh, I started to like it near the end, he yeah, said, yeah. Oh, when you can see the end in sight. Oh, yeah. When you see the check arrive. Yeah. God. Also, they're not checks, they're poles. Uh, the, <laughs> let's talk about them translating the game from the wall studio in Poland into the one-show studio. Not you, Con, you didn't see it. No. Well, um, in that case, you've missed out on what I assume will be Patrick Kielty's catchphrase from now on. Oh, yeah. Kick. Is it steak? Cake is it steak? <laughs> it's a game in which cake is it steak. And if you didn't laugh at that catchphrase the first time I said it, don't worry. I'm going to say it several more times in case you missed it. He kept saying it. Angela, I can tell you tonight, cake is it steak? What? Cake is it steak? Cake is it steak? Right. What team? Cake is it steak? Do you want to even? You didn't see it. Do you want to hazard a guess at what this was? So they they must have built a mini version of the wall. Correct. Um, were they just playing? That's for a slice cake? of cake for you. Very good. Playing cake for cake. Steak. Yeah, yeah. Is that it? And yeah. Because it's Angela Rippon's <laughs> birthday on the day that it, it screens. That's the justification for the cake. That's it. <laughs> so that the wall was like the size of sort of a child's. It's like a bag of tailboard, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was just like a. Someone had just knocked the props and just, just knocked this up. Sure. And then. Uh, Danny Dyer had to put a token in the top of it if if Angela Rippon answered a question correctly and then it landed in one of four slots which was two, four, six, eight and that was how many slices of cake they won. So if you get one right Yes. I'll, I'll be asking you the questions. If you get one right drops down here counter in to win slices of cake. Who's going to eat more than one slice of cake? She got all the questions right because they were geared up to be easy because they were all about Danny Dyer. 
<laughs> and he was there, like, sort of winking and helping yeah. a little bit. And then they just gave a load of slice of cake. Or Blake said, Patrick Hilton was trying to cut up on live television. It was oh, a the, mess. The concentration in his face, it's like watching a caveman doing a sum. It's just as he's just, there's way more cake to be cut than we have time to cut on this live television <laughs> programme. And he's ju- just lobbing cake yeah. at <laughs> Angela Rippon. He had to be careful because cake was at stake. <laughs> <laughs> but what's not clear, I mean, we, we know that cake is at stake, but. <laughs> What's not clear to me is, had she got a question wrong, because I, I like, like everyone else, including Danny Dyer, don't understand the game. If she had got a question wrong, he would have dropped a wrong answer in. And if it had landed on those wrong answers, yeah. they would have turned wrong, I think. And they would have had to take back the half-eaten <laughs> They would have had to remove the cake from Angela Rippon, I think. <laughs> I, well, that's a whole new game show. <laughs> Lie down, Angela. We've got to remove the cake from Ta- you. Take the cake. <laughs> take that cake. Uh, you see, you, I told you it was at stake. <laughs> you knew the rules. You can almost see behind Patrick's eyes they're going, why aren't I hosting a shiny floor <laughs> Saturday night show? Why have you given it to Danny fucking Dyer, who doesn't even like it? <laughs> And that seems like the perfect moment to bring this week's edition of The The One Show Show to a close. Kindly. Get thee to an iTunery. Because if you'd be so kind, we'd like you to drop us a quick rate and review. It helps, so I'm told, because we want to get some of that iTunes recommended action. We have no idea how to get this onto the front page of iTunes, so basically you could well be review pissing in the wind, but who knows. Please tell the people who don't like The One Show, which is everyone, that this podcast exists and that they will love it. We love you too, remember. While you're remembering that, also remember this. Cake is at stake. Welcome to All Rather Mysterious, the podcast that aims to unlock the mysteries of the past with the key of fact. My name is John Rain. My name is Eleanor Morton. My name is David Reed. Please join us as we present to you mysteries that have baffled the world. You had any noises? What about um, a door creaking? Uh, you, don't, uh, you don't have to do that. That weird kadook that yeah, lights well, going off makes for some reason in films. <laughs> All Rather Mysterious. Great big. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. 
Treat your skin to clean vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.